You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, June 9th. It is finals week. It's hard to believe that the school year is just about wrapped up and that graduation is this weekend. (laughs) More on that later. Dear listener, you'll want to mark your calendar for Tuesday, June 15th at 10 a.m. for the next Staff Association Cabinet Conversation. This one features our very own Vince Kellen. Head over now to staffassociation.ucsd.edu to register. And now for today's interview. Let's take a behind-the-scenes look at the Department of Budgeting Process with Anna Nordine and Cheryl Gerbracht. This is Mark Herzberger. Today I'm joined by Cheryl Gerbracht and Anna Nordine, both from the IT Services Business Office. Cheryl and Anna, welcome to the pod. How are you both doing? Doing great, Mark. Thanks for having us today. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Doing great. It's a pleasure to welcome you back, Cheryl. And then Anna, this is your first visit, so thank you. And we're going to talk uh, for the most part about IT services budget and just the process of how it gets made uh, each year. But Anna, I want to start on your side with just some get to know. You were with us in IT services before, uh, took a brief detour, and now you're back. Um, So how would you describe your position currently, as well as the role of the financial management team you're leading up? Yeah. Um, yeah. So my position uh, is tasked with overseeing all financial activities for the department. So that means managing and reporting on resources, budgeting and planning accounts payable, implementing policies, maintaining financial and accounting controls. But more than that, I direct and guide a team of very skilled professionals to achieve financial operational efficiency for our department. Good. Um, How is the team structured and what are some changes that have been implemented since you came into this position a few months ago? Yeah, so that actually the the team, the structure of the team has actually changed quite significantly uh, or in a significant way since I um, first began. So when I first began, it was actually a very flat structure with all kind of analysts and positions um, reporting up to me. Now, more recently, you may have seen the announcement go out about the promotion and the new position being created of a recharge operations supervisor. Um, And so what that means is that we actually have a supervisor on the team now that oversees the recharge and self-supporting activities area, kind of the day-to-day transactional businesses and operational efficiency of that area. So the that is a huge significant change to our team in that we can focus more energy and organization on our self-supporting activities while at the same time not neglecting our other budget and financial ongoing processes. And uh, so you were with IT services a couple of years and then uh, I think you went to the campus budget office for a little and then uh, one way or the other you were reeled back in. So why did you wanna come (laughs) back to uh, IT services? Yeah, so it's so funny when I when I first so I'll give you a little bit of background uh, to to your question. So when I first I when I first joined the university, I actually started with the Department of Advancement, 
And when I came over to ITS, everyone was like, oh, you joined the dark side. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. Um, but The dark side? I know, I know. Actually, I think it was Mercedes who said that, and it was just so funny. But, <laughs> you know, I, I spent about two, three years with ITS, and it was just such a great experience. And it, it really, um, it really is kind of my and I'm not saying this in the HR term, but it really is kind of my home department. It's where I feel very comfortable and I feel like it's my home and I love the people who work here. And, um, you know, ITS has a very, an outstanding reputation on campus. Um, and this is thanks to Cheryl and um, my predecessor, Allison, um, for being extremely uh, lean and mean and organized and just having the right vision in mind when it comes to a financial picture of a department, being fiscally responsible with the big picture of the university in mind. So with that being said, when I was offered the position at Campus Budget Office, I, I took the opportunity because it was an opportunity to step outside of the departmental level and look at that overarching view. It was a dream to work there. I loved my position there. I was very sad to leave, but I was presented an opportunity to come back to my kind of home department um, and it was a it was a significant promotional opportunity for me, in addition to working with some amazing people. Anna, what's been maybe the most surprising or interesting thing since you've uh, come back to IT services? Oh, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> Besides <laughs> so being many invited to a podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've never. Yeah, this is this is a surprise. I've never been part of a podcast before, but um, it probably managing a team in a fully remote setting has surprised me somewhat just just because of how how different it has been and I'm sure I'm not alone as a manager in this aspect but just how different it's been kind of replacing that social interaction and that quick communication of being and sitting right next to each other um, with online communication and um, video zoom communication so trying to find that right balance is um, has been really interesting and surprising in many ways, but really rewarding at the same time. Rewarding in the sense where I feel like uh, many of the folks on the team appreciate the remote environment. And, you know, there's pros and cons to it, but it, it's been surprising and very, very interesting, probably the most interesting thing um, since I've come back. Yeah, and I, I was wondering too, I was going to ask, uh, in your previous positions, had you managed a team or people before? So it, it's interesting because in the campus budget office, I didn't directly manage a team. Nobody really in the campus budget office except for the ABC manages hmm. uh, folks in the campus budget office. But what happens in the campus budget office is that uh, many of the positions are um, principal in nature where they collaborate with work groups and they lead work groups across campus. They lead collaborative efforts. So they're leading a team, but not in the, not in the traditional sense of where you're, you have a direct report where you're doing performance evaluations. So that it's very different um, in the fact that I led work groups and committees versus now I'm leading a dedicated team, which actually in a way is it more instant uh, gratification because, you know, leading a work group, you can't really assign and have any oversight over work that is assigned in a work group. Um, it has to be up to the participant in that work group to follow through with any tasks assigned. Now leading a team, you actually supervise employees and you can drive 
but you can drive that productivity home um, in a faster way. Okay. And let's broaden the conversation now a little, and you'll feel free to chime in at any point, Cheryl, too. Um, so what, what is the general process for putting together the annual department budget? So the general process for putting together an annual departmental budget. So it, it starts, it, it really never ends. <laughs> it's kind of an ongoing process that starts at the beginning of the fiscal year right after fiscal close. So we're in fiscal close right now. So come August, uh, we'll begin to outline our new process for the upcoming budget cycle. So our project plan, our tasks, our timeline. And so what we do here is we look at lessons learned for, from the prior year and update our new project plan as need be. We then go into creating the new budget templates, which house our data. And then once the month of December closes, we begin our end of year projections to see where we will actually land at the end of the year for the current budget. And so these projections are really important because they're intended to capture any budget underages or overages for the current fiscal year so that we can project carry forward balance that then feed the budget requests for next fiscal year. So this is a huge part of the budget process, and it's a really collaborative um, approach and effort with managers and can take some time. That is such a, a really, really important point to emphasize, Anna, because that is the first thing that we do. And I think folks think about the budget, they think about the spending plan for the future year, but we spend probably almost as much time on the carry forward calculation and um, pushing forward the costs and resources for, for the current year as we do for the, for the budgeting for the future, because that carryover number is absolutely key for all of our fund sources, for us to know what our balances are going to be. And I've emphasized that many, many times with managers um, that they really need to be accurate and thoughtful in the projections that they give us and that we will rely on for the budgeting and the resources that we will have available to us when it comes time for the expenses for the year that we're actually budgeting for. And uh, at, at the risk of getting too technical here too, it's my understanding that I think with the, when, when Oracle came online, that, that sort of changes some of the, the processes as well. And it's, it's tighter month to month. So, so yeah, it did, it did put, um, give us an additional deadline to um, gather our, um, to, to do our budget development process and to gather and finalize our budget to then input into Oracle. So after we finish our end of year projections, kind of going along the same line, then that's when the team preps the files, the, these templates for managers, releases those files to the managers for a period of time for them to input their budget requests. You know, during this period of time, managers have already been given a heads up early on before this period of time. So they, they should have a healthy amount of time, not just the week or two that we, we say, hey, managers, the budget files are open for you to go ahead and input your budget request. So they should have already had a, about a month more than that time period to formulate and start preparing their budget. So when the time comes to put it in, should be um, pretty straightforward. So after this period of time closes, after that window closes to input their budget request, the SMT uh, meetings begin. 
So we meet with each of the S&T to go over each of the budget files. And this process takes about, I wanna say anywhere from two to three weeks. And then we have more, even more SMT meetings after all those meetings um, conclude. But uh, what we really closely take a look at is our projected resources. And if we're, if we're in a projected deficit, that's when we go back and we have these meetings with the SMT to determine, okay, how, how can we operationally be sound? What needs to be cut or deferred in the current budget requests in order to have a balanced budget to submit to the campus budget office? And when this airs, we're going to be just a few short weeks from the start of the new budget year. So at this point, is, is the IT services 21-22 uh, budget pretty much finalized? Well, I would say that we're getting there, but really... The budget doesn't get finalized until our carry forward balances are confirmed. That will let us know how good our estimates were and whether or not we need to make further adjustments in our spending projections for the coming year. So I would say it's really not until mid-July mid that they're finalized in a way that uh, people can be assured that Anna and I are not going to go come back to them to say, uh, we're sorry, we have to re further reduce uh, um, your budget. And I, I, I suppose it would be rare, if not unheard of, you'd do the opposite and come to a manager and say, guess what, there's more? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we have done that. We have actually, uh, because we keep track of the things that we had to remove, we have actually come back and say we're able to restore this line item. We knew that was a high priority item, and we did do a prioritization process to determine um, what we needed to reduce. So we know what the higher priority items are, and if we can restore some of them, we will. All right, let's close down with one um, big picture type question. What is the, you know, quote unquote, health of the IT services budget going forward? Um, how did, you know, the department weather the, the cuts and challenges of COVID-19? And I know the state apparently has a huge budget surplus. So do we, do we expect any of that to trickle down to uh, higher ed? I would say that we monitor very carefully the health of the IT services budget. One of the ways we do that is that we match up our recurring resources, the revenue we have coming in, with our recurring expenses and ensure that that's a positive number, not a negative number. So we need to make sure we're not in the position of having a structural deficit, and we monitor that quite carefully, which is why everything in our budget gets tagged uh, with either uh, recurring or one time, and whether it's base or new, so we can isolate those items in our budget and, and understand where all of the requests are coming from to monitor uh, the health of the organization. You know, you mentioned the COVID-19 and uh, last year we did sustain a 4% uh, core funds budget cut as well as a sharp reduction in our next generation network or NGN of revenue um, because of the loss of students in um, the residential uh, network as students uh, moved out of the dorms. So that revenue was sharply reduced. And that is putting quite a bit of pressure on our NGN, our recharge um, operations. We're actively uh, working um, to ensure that we have a long-term five-year plan 
for the NGN and making sure that it is financially sound. Uh, with regard to the state, I believe that the state did uh, restore some of the cuts that were made to the University of California. And I believe that that's one of the reasons why we're seeing a general salary increase that was just announced a couple of weeks ago, because that was something that was not contemplated in, originally in our budget. We did not have uh, those increases uh, assumed in there because we didn't know, uh, you know what was happening at the state level. Thank you, Cheryl and Anna. I appreciate you joining uh, the podcast. And more importantly, I appreciate on behalf of IT Services all the work you do to balance the books. Thank you, Bart. Thank you. Thank you, Anna and Cheryl. I haven't heard back yet if my request for a renovated podcast studio here at Casa de Rodriguez has been approved, but I'm sure I'll be hearing from them very soon after perhaps you're hearing my daughter play around in the background. On a serious note, they ended the interview touching on the California budget surplus. Anna was kind enough to also mention a great article if you're interested in the budget situation for the University of California system as a whole. If you are inclined to Google it, the article was published in the LA Times on May 14th and entitled, Huge Budget Boost to UC, CSU, and Community Colleges Target Student Housing and Job Training. Now... As we close out today, on behalf of the pod squad here at The Current Daily, I offer my hearty congratulations to the UC San Diego class of 2021. Here are some words of wisdom from our own Dr. Theodore Geisel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss. Congratulations. Today is your day. You're off to great places, you're off and away. You have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you are the one who will decide where to go. You'll look up and down streets, look them over with care. About some you will say, I don't choose to go there. With your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down any not-so-good street. And you may not find any you'll want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. It's opener there in the wide open air. Out there things can happen, and frequently do, to people as brainy and footsie as you. And then things start to happen. Don't worry. Don't stew. Just go right along. You'll start happening, too. Oh, the places you'll go. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.